WTBQ. Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech, Stephen Keeter's weekly show. Stephen Kemp be with us today. No, I'm kidding. He's right here. Good morning, Stephen. How good are morning, you? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Doing good. Thank you. Beautiful day outside. I'm telling you, it looks so nice out. I think I'm going to leave it out. <laughs> Beautiful out there. No, it is. The spring is uh, actually upon us, and uh, I'm very happy. We can feel it, uh, you know, by the amount of people that we see on the road, uh, on the hikes, in the parks, uh, by the grills, by sales at, at Sam. So everything is kind of the sp- spring back to life. I got to tell you, you said the people we see on the road. <clears throat> Funny you should say that, because driving in here this morning, I passed like four different people uh, mowing their yards, you know, because nobody can wait to mow. <laughs> and they're blowing the grass and everything out into the road. Doesn't matter if you drive a car, right? Who cares? If you're a motorcyclist, that that can kill you. I wish people would just learn to do the first two courses, mowing it into their yard. Stop putting grass out on the road. That that stuff kills motorcyclists. I ride, as you know. And uh, right now you see more motorcyclists than ever. You oh, know, yeah. It's a beautiful day. Everybody who owns owns a motorcycle everybody is on the road yeah it's it's a funny thing you know you see these guys riding with the little tiny beanie helmets you know they're not quite Mm -hmm. legal but they hate helmet laws but they're wearing their covid mask (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if i get into a car accident you know require brain surgery but you know as long as i don't breathe anything in but it's interesting you know just wear a full helmet no absolutely and uh we just uh Tom Loveless was uh, here before us, and we know that uh, Maroni's uh, Motorcycle is the sponsor of his show, so oh, yeah. we want to give a shout-out to them, and uh, obviously, like I said, we see a lot of motorcycles, so yeah, I guess your message is uh, be considerate and uh, think about people whose life you're putting in danger, even when you're enjoying like around the house activities yeah keep your eyes peeled watch out for motorcyclists as james dean said in his famous psa psa shortly before he uh got killed he said uh be careful driving kids a life you save could be my own yeah i'm a motorcyclist you know go easy out there anyway yeah it's beautiful out there like you say people are grilling so we're getting the requisite smells you know i'm smelling the grilling meat out there um i'm hearing the lawnmowers unfortunately and the leaf blowers remember when people used to rake leaves what Good times, good times. And even uh, write big poems about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, you know, everybody, you know, they get the most expensive leaf blower, the biggest, you know, most comfortable lawnmower. You know, they spend thousands of dollars on on all this apparatus just to keep their yard uh, looking, you know, better than the next door neighbors. Then they pay a lot of money to go to the gym. They can kill two birds with one stone. Very true. Buy a rake. That is very true. So what else is happening? Uh, I think, uh, you know, we, uh, our sponsor, Sam's Meat, is having a wonderful uh, sale. Uh, there's a lot of uh, items that uh, people come specifically that's sort of like hard to find. Uh, we mentioned the good weather. People are smoking a lot. People are grilling a lot. And one of the uh, smoke uh, specials are big, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, beef navels. Oh, which yeah, almost yeah. non-existent today. Uh, back in, uh, up, I think it was up to uh, 19, uh, late 50s or 60s when it was predominantly favorite of smokehouses throughout the nation. Why is it? Why did that drop off? It's uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, you know, the certain the, the meat, uh, believe it or not, can uh, it also gets trendy. And it's get fashionable and yeah. certain steaks like skirts and flanks that used to be diamond uh, bucket essentially sure. right now extremely extremely expensive and uh, the same thing happens to navels they were uh, what brisket is today 
Navel's word for all smokehouse nations, for all the smokers outside there. Uh, they used to be uh, cured for uh, beef uh, bacon. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw that that Sam's has some kind of beef, we, beef bacon. Yeah, you know, we, I don't eat pork, and yeah. I love to enjoy some bacon. I so I we said, do that. It's three ninety nine a pound. It's it's a great price. It's three ninety nine uh, for the whole uh, navel, or it can be cut to order for the same low price. So we talked about the uh, you know the cuts being fashionable, and uh, you know the minute they bec- become popular they become expensive we both know that it's yeah. enough to get a good review on a food channel it's enough to to be featured on particular thing and then before you know it it's uh, double and triple the cost thing the same thing happened to uh, like like i mentioned skirt steaks by the way skirt steak comparing within last week from our last show skirt steak price doubled almost tripled if they were trading for like five dollars on a com- as a commodity you know um, because meat is a commodity yeah, it is. and we're following up uh, the market and it's uh, roughly like like i said around five dollars uh, per pound so right now they're uh, trading at 11 and 12. it's funny you say you know because meat is a commodity stephen the expression stock market comes from literally the stock markets of chicago where the stock the livestock was actually oh, kept. That. that's yeah. actually you know it's very interesting literally. should have been a question on our uh, maybe we will do a little bit of trivia and uh, pricing we will make you work uh, hard uh, yeah on not too <laughs> guessing hard, all the riddles you mentioned skirt steaks i have to tell you there's an interesting thing there's almost an enclave the north fork of long island the east end but not the hamptons mm-hmm. the other fork uh, across uh, the bay from them skirt steak has always been a staple there and it's amazing it's not just fashionable people really get it and they everybody you know like we're here we just think in terms of well which you know tools do you have for your barbecue there they have their tenderizing mallets and stuff for the skirt steak they actually mm. you know guys have collections and it's really a popular wow. thing. It, it is a very popular. It depends also. I always uh, claim that uh, steaks, uh, just like uh, every one of us, has home. So uh, yeah. it, it is, uh, you know, sort of uh, geographical, original belongings. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Like uh, we're talking about skirt. Skirt is actually huge and big in, uh, in Mexico, Aranchera, in Latin yeah, America. Ma- Mexican cooking, it Absolutely. really is. My uh, gosh. Uh, like uh, another big uh, sort of uh, example is uh, tri-tip, which mm-hmm. is native to California and can be found on pretty much on every menu over there. Uh, yes, it can. Yet over here in New York State, it never picked up. It never uh, got the steam or popularity that it enjoys in California. But I like to say that uh, tri-tip to California is what hot dog is to New York. Yeah, well said. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. By the way, you mentioned like a, a lot of other different kinds of meats. I, I had some of that amazing lamb uh, that you laid on me. I Even last night, I had some. I, oh, you know, yeah, because lamb, in fact, but uh, see, uh, we still experience certain shortages and, um, uh, you know, from Midwest and it's a result of COVID and not, it's, it's sort of like a perfect storm. Uh, first, we have uh, COVID and second, you know, we like to make fun of uh, companies like Cisco and U.S. Foods and restaurants <laughs> who actually... <laughs> actually, uh, for the record, only Steve does that. Uh, Cisco attorneys, please. No, <laughs> and, you know, but uh, there are restaurants that uh, build their menu around the Cisco line and the for stuff sure, like that. For sure. Now, uh, the spikes in pricing recent, and we're going to see it. Everybody who's uh, listening, uh, I guarantee you're going to see next week, especially the prices on meat uh, is going to go up uh, across the board not surprised restaurants uh, price shoppers shop rights any butcher shops why uh, because uh, you know it's sort of like uh, 
a lot of restaurants come in from uh, hibernation, so to speak, because yeah. restrictions are easing up. But Cisco and U.S. Foods and Supervalu being a great uh, big players, they buy volumes and they supply. You have to, yeah. if you look through the restaurants, one, one in 10 is probably uh, that we would like to give a heads up and credit and feature them as a creative and uh, from uh, the scratch kind of cooking, it takes a lot of, uh, you can't just, uh, see, unfortunately, we, we see this trend when a lot of uh, like early retirees- Oh God, uh, don't that, say it, man. That never got uh, into the culinary experience or, or, or background or education, they think that it's enough to throw an apron on and before you know it, you're in business. And you are, uh, given oh, that yeah. uh, Cisco- uh, You're in was, a second marriage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I think I'm gonna take it easy, I'm retiring. Gee, I think I'll open a restaurant. Yeah. Good luck with that, Chief. No, and you know, a lot of God. people uh, do, and uh, this is when Cisco comes into play and they come in, yeah. they've been, they are very, very helpful. Yeah. Certainly they're not gonna take you through school. They're not gonna teach you how to cook. They're gonna teach you to resell. They're gonna give you everything, all your entries are gonna come in parboiled, cooked or frozen yeah. and microwavable. So when you have a meal in uh, less than three minutes. So this is not, not the kind of place that I advocate. This is not the kind of business I will support. This is not the kind of restaurants I would go to. Like we went uh, last night for dinner at uh, pharmacy and I have to tell you, I, I was blown away how perfect everything was. I do not order steaks because, you know, like it's very hard to, uh, for me to get impressed or, you know, yeah. by any kind of uh, meat. But uh, I did order a porterhouse. It was cooked to perfection. Absolutely perfect. It's uh, obviously supplied by our sponsor, Sam's Meat Warehouse. So that's a good start. But a lot of people, it's a tricky uh, steak to cook because it yeah, combines it two different steaks. It has a filet mignon on one side and New York strip on the other. And uh, I always tell and advise people when you cook porterhouse, and it's kind of simple, but a lot of people forget that, that uh, filet is the most tender muscle in the body of the steer. It cooks faster than New York strip on the other side of the bone. So your gauge for cooking the steak should always be filet part only. Right. Cook the filet, New York strip will tag along and just come up perfect. A lot of people don't do that. Filet gets overcooked, and that's the worst uh, thing you can do while cooking the steak. How do you feel about a quick sear on the whole thing and then shoving the filet away from the flame and keeping the, the uh, you know, the rest of it on there? Uh, not separating from the steak though, right? No, 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 leaving it just, as one unit, yeah, but then it, just moving it there's over. There's so many plate. ways to do it. it it's really, That's what uh, I was yeah, this quick sear. Uh, now what's getting more fashionable is reverse sear. Right. And the tool nowadays allow it. Now everybody is, uh, is a chef. Uh, and in fact, you know, we'll, um, you know, got all these different toys from uh, sous vide machine to reverse sear. Uh, I bought, I'm guilty, I got myself as well, you know. Well, you have to because you're in the industry, you gotta know that stuff. And it makes it, fun. Yeah. It, it actually does make a lot of fun to play with it. It's sort of like really kind of like a toys. Uh, uh, you can see the result, uh, reverse searing is popular. So uh, there's a lot of techniques that could be done, uh, which we will discuss right after we come back from the promotional break. Thank you. 
Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. If you missed the Frank Truett Show, here's what you missed. Jarts were like darts. But but they were like, I would say maybe a foot and a half long. They look like a dart. Look them up. Jarts. J-A-R-T-S. What's the matter, Taylor? Do you know that the town of Warwick is planning to purchase the former, is it K-U-T-Z? Cuts? Coots? Camp? So these jarts that I had. <laughs> the Frank Truat Show. Weekday mornings till 9 on WTBQ. WTBQ. And we're back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld with Stephen Keeter on his weekly show where we talk about pretty much anything. We've only banned one person from this show, and we hope to keep it that way. And uh, otherwise, it's free speech. But because it is that time of year where we're talking about grilling, springtime stuff, we can talk about two things right now, yard maintenance or grilling. I'd rather talk about grilling. And our sponsor is uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse, who actually have USDA prime meat available, unlike the other uh, butchers or wannabe butchers around here. So it's it's really interesting to talk about this kind of thing. And of course, I'm a really big griller, and uh, my second residence is in the uh, world center of barbecue. So grilling and meats are really, really important to me. And uh, as they are to Stephen, we like to talk about good meats. Absolutely, and uh, we both know there's more than we, we start uh, discussing the different cooking methods. And Jay, I hope you agree with me. You know better than anybody else over there. There's many different ways uh, ways of barbecuing. I've done oh, yeah. uh, some on a salt block <clears throat> of Himalayan salt. And this is what we feature on our Facebook page, Sam's Meat Warehouse on a Facebook. Just check it out. Now, how is it traditional done in Mongolia? Because I know there's a, uh, people do it on stones. People do it yes. on coals. People do it on All wood. different ways. It, 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 there's varieties. Coals, coals are the most popular. And uh, I, I really like it that way in the countryside. And really, that just means in the country. But over there, translated, and this is true in China and Korea as well. They say the countryside when they mean the country, uh, rural area. Um, they, yeah, it's usually coals, actually, embers. Interestingly, some things, uh, some specialties are cooked in really weird ways. Like uh, there's a specialty called bodog. It's a marmot, essentially a woodchuck. Uh-huh. You, cut, you, you sear the hair off, cut it open, fill it with hot rocks that have been over coals for a long time. Then you bury it in more hot rocks like a Hawaiian luau. Luau's in Hawaii are very, really yep. a lot of fun very, that way kind, too. Kind of buried with yeah. hot rocks. Um, and when you bury with hot rocks, it's not barbecue but you're still cooking a very I think it's a way, way steaming uh, the same Absolutely. New England bake is done the same way you know like in uh, hot stones hot stone cooking is it's probably the earliest uh, of course. way of uh, cooking and, you know people often wonder when did the first early person because humans have been obligate meat eaters since before we had language since before humans were even wearing clothes you know humans were meat eaters and um 
people often wonder, and it's a very interesting question that anthropologists still explore. When did the first human take a piece of meat and say, I'm going to put that on the fire and see what happens? You know, how did they actually arrive at I'm that? I'm pretty sure like everything else, it could have been, maybe it have happened accidentally, you know, like sure. something uh, was left uh, or too close to the fire or, or just put up. And uh, maybe there was after the wildfires, the, the animals that were kind of Good caught point. up, uh, you know, were, uh, because they everything was harvested uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, it's by uh, opportunity. Sure. Uh, you know, so wildfires could have been maybe trapped a couple of animals, a couple of uh, deers, and uh, before you know it, yeah. Here in North America, uh, the first people, our indigenous people, Native Americans, used uh, fires actually as hunting, especially here in New York. They were constantly, uh, several times a year, just burning all the forests, all the yeah. grasslands to catch game. And I guess, you know, they're walking around, hey, that smells good. Check out that deer. Maybe that's how. That no, th so sense. there's a, uh, tons and tons of technique. Now we have uh, more modern and uh, molecular and almost like nuclear cooking, you know. Yeah. But uh, back in the days, <clears throat> some of them very specific, like in, in the deserts, they in fact use for, instead of woods or coal, they use actually dunk of the animals, like the uh, Mongolia, dried sure. up poopoo. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Especially um, cattle, because mm -hmm. of the shape of it, you know, the actual flops work well in a yeah, fire. Yeah, just uh, stack them up uh, and that becomes a, a source for the fires. What happens typically, especially um, in the winter time, is there's a little central stove that runs on animal poop. And actually the animal poop is used even as um, almost like a big fence and wall around, mm -hmm. you know, actual where homes are. And you go out and grab a few pieces. And in Kazakhstan, I've helped with that, actually collecting. It's funny. People go out with sort of like a, a pitchfork and a big basket on their back, and they pick it up and flip it up in the air. And it goes, I'm not making that up. No, it's no, really it's, it's essentially, uh, once it dries up, I think it should probably, it's all fiber. Yep. It's a consistency of kind of like, sort of like a hay and just yep. uh, gets lit up probably as easily. Oh, yeah. And it, it, believe it or not, to me, it smells great. I actually really enjoy the smell of it but um that goes into a tiny steel heating stove in the center of what in america we'd usually call a yurt uh, a gear and then uh either with a pan or just directly on a piece of steel on that the meat goes it tastes so good and the smell obviously fills the living space it's really really good well there's only uh those like very adventurous types uh that uh, experienced uh, the what, what you're describing this is not obviously the a staple of cooking here in the states we, here we uh try to recreate the same sort of uh, conditions and like i said the, our sponsor sam's meat warehouse is offering a himalayan salt uh, cooking oh. plate uh, with every two pounds of uh, domestic wagyu salt or a pound of uh, japanese a5 steven i don't think a lot of people really understand the, the himalayan salt plate uh that's essentially uh you know just like uh, we we talk like uh, the you know, indigenous pe uh, people were cooking uh, early back in the days uh, by the fire, and uh, it's still some of it uh, is cooking still uh, today, uh, one sure. of the preferred methods. So the, you heat up the salt, salt retains heat great. In fact, if you leave the brick uh, about 15, 20 minutes in the oven, that'll give you double or triple cooking time uh, table side. And cool. uh, that uh, hot enough, we, in fact, for Easter, we actually uh, did a little bit of, a bit of experiments. We were cook, uh, frying eggs on it. Excellent. You know, I've, I've told you, uh, probably ad nauseum, I've told you about maybe my favorite restaurant in America is in, um, oh, what's the name of the town? It's, uh, well, it's in California in the Silicon mm -hmm. Valley off uh, it, toward the foothills. It's called La Fondue. And um, they have 
all kinds of fondues there, but along with it, they have things where you just grill it, kind of like you and I talked about this, hot pot with Chinese yep. cooking. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have the Himalayan or Himalayan uh, salt blocks as well, where you do it right on the table and they come out hot and you just pick the raw meat, especially game meat, you want from the platter in the center of the table and that goes right on there and it's it's really great and to do it yourself like that no, uh, well first of all it's very entertaining yeah. it's it's not just dinner it's not just uh, you know and we we passed just stuffing our faces for energy uh, or, or calories uh, you know so it, uh, it it dinners became social dinners became entertaining dinners uh, in fact, uh, romantic, uh, sure. and so on and so forth. So with that said, that gives a chance that sort of connects uh, the mood and connects you to the food that you're cooking. I uh, certainly don't want to take all the joy out of cooking, and that is very, very easy because the salt, Himalayan salt, as it cooks, it also seasoned. Oh, man. So because you leave it too long, it gets salty. You can certainly taste it. Now, and by the way, that restaurant's in Saratoga, California. That's just west of San Jose in the foothills. Uh -huh. uh, it's called La Fondue. Stephen, you can reuse the salt uh, Absolutely, thing, right? Absolutely. For as long uh, as, as, as you like. I know people who had big blocks of salt for decades and still continue using them. What you do, you just wipe them with the wet towel, mm -hmm. uh, clean, dry them up, and they're good to go the next time uh, you'd like to enjoy them. So you're giving these away with Wagyu? Yep. We're giving uh, those away. We, well, we built a certain uh, relationship we, which allows us to control the prices. Like I said, while everybody is raising up their prices, trying to catch up with the, you know, running away uh, stock market and everything else, right. we usually uh, keep ours intact. If the price of skirt uh, almost, like I said, tripled in the last uh, week, uh, I think we raised... Skirt is the only item that we raised the prices, and I think we went uh, no more than 10%. Skirt's really lean. I'm it, crazy, really crazy about it. it Always have been. Great cut. Uh, in fact, we have a variety of skirts. Uh, while everybody is uh, crying of shortage and everything else, we have a variety. We have choice, we have prime, and we have a Wagyu skirt as well. Oh, so wow. there's a lot of Wagyu wow. cuts that uh, this week is actually featured item is domestic American Wagyu uh, beef. And uh, we talked about it a little bit. We featured it up. People uh, heard about it. People might have even seen it. But if you still didn't have a chance to experience or to try it, I highly recommend head to Sam's Meat Warehouse in Florida, New York. And uh, check out the selection because what uh, Sam's does, they bring uh, the whole uh, primals uh, or the sides right. of Wagyu beef, and uh, which allows them to cut variety of steaks. Not just, and we're gonna do the same. By the way, Stephen, I just have to interrupt <laughs> you. You mentioned it's in Florida, New York, and I found out the hard way um, that y y you know the place that's you know kind of like half a deli, and they cook all the food when it gets old and all. You're the other place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people, I hope I'm not jamming yeah, pe anyone. People up, get but, the, get mixed up. So uh, Sam's has been there for uh, over decades, for 12 years on that particular location, run by the same uh, people, the same family, the same owners. How long? Over a decade. Oh, it's wow. Like nine. Uh, 
2009, I believe, uh, that location was open. Yeah. And before that, it was uh, for another almost 10 years in Warwick. Yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, what we do differently, we don't cook uh, yesterday's specials. So uh, Sam's does not feature a full-size kitchen. In fact, so you don't <laughs> cook anything on the premises, right? No, we for do not. Sale. No, we do not. Yeah, so you're the other guys. <laughs> exactly. And we also cut from uh, the... Uh, sides of beef or the whole animal and that is allowing for variety and cheaper prices so uh, like next week is going to be bison special and oh, we're going to yeah. have the whole bison primals coming in which let us uh, cut uh, big supermarkets they uh, feature bison all you're going to be able to find is the ground uh, bison that's about that's the only product that's the only thing that comes already pre-frozen pre-packaged they don't have to do anything not the case in Sam's Meat Warehouse. We grind everything on premises. We cut everything uh, by hand, and which allows us to give you a shoulder steaks, a tomahawks, ribeyes, Denver's, Delmonico's, uh, short ribs, uh, country style, anything and everything you can think of. You talk to one of the guys that work on premises, the meat gets cut right in front of you. We know where it comes from. We have a very good relationship that took years and decades to build with the suppliers and farmers and people who raise those animals. So you know, know that's, that's funny. You'd said to me the other day, in fact, uh, yeah, we're going to have bison and nobody else has it. And remember I said, yeah, Stephen, I can get it at uh, shop. Yeah, shop right. Right. I said, uh, dude, you know, <laughs> that's ground and it's sealed Not up. Not like that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the same thing uh, happening with pork, and I am trying to stress, and we, we discuss that. We even off the air, uh, you know, we, we discuss food a lot, and uh, yeah, we, we do. always enjoy it. And pork, uh, I uh, did not like eating pork in uh, in the states because for one simple reason, it was such an inferior product. Yeah. And at the most, uh, maybe I enjoyed it. Maybe I don't know. Twice a year was a lot. Now I cannot get enough of it. We bring in the animals straight uh, from the farms. And those farms, it's not like we just discovered them. They were not there. Right. We experience right now the movement where more and more uh, people actually go back to nature and trying to uh, raise the stock by traditional methods using traditional organic uh, feed. Uh, and so... Totally opposite of factory produced, of factory farm, as we call it, yeah. or commodity pork. Yeah. Pork is actually is a big commodity item, and 90% of it goes outside. In fact, it goes to China. And uh, United States is one of the very few countries that still allow uh, the use of uh, particular drugs or chemicals to enhance the pork and make it grow faster. You know, this. I don't uh, remember uh, right now exactly the name actually it might come to me and i'll name the the drug that the, everybody's using or allowed to use in the states uh, by um, commercial uh, producers that allows for the pig to eat less yet pack more muscle metabolizing uh, oh, totally messing up yeah. the, the metabolism and uh, the muscle is heavier than uh, fat and that's uh, the idea because uh, if you compare the mass-produced uh, animal to uh, farm-raised, we talked about it. The numbers are mind-blowing. It's three to four hundred percent leaner. The so the, the stuff that you have at Sam's hasn't had this uh, metabolic, this synthetic. Absolutely, non, absolutely not. Because we work, <clears throat> we do not carry commodity pork. We uh, work with the farms like uh, some of them, like a bigger, like Neiman Ranch. And some are much smaller, where the guys actually uh, raise heritage breeds like Duroc, Chester White, 
uh, Berkshire, also known as Kurobata. And that animal, it smells, it tastes just like the one I remember from my childhood. Just like the one, in fact, you have to travel. You have to go to Europe, yeah. to countries like Poland, Ukraine, Czechoslovakia, where pork is the uh, premier protein, the first choice of uh, everybody's, and they know a thing or two how to do it, and that's how it tastes. Yes, they but, do. Yeah. It's totally different, and you know, having spent many, many years uh, over in Central Europe, I, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. I'm excited about the bison. You know, the last time I had North American bison, all kidding aside, I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, roadkill in Wyoming. <laughs> no, no, I mean, wow. I, you know, I'd be driving along going between Lake Tahoe and New York, and uh, see a road-killed bison, and I'd always have my buck knife with me and just go out and start cutting off some hams and fillets, always the back straps uh, with road-killed elk or bison. And invariably, tourists pull over and, you know, want some. They start <laughs> handing me money. No, yeah, have some backstrap. No, absolutely. Uh, it has a different, like we, we discussed. Oh, uh, bison. Uh, you know, we probably, I know uh, you can rightfully claim, like the guy who tried the most varieties of meat. Pretty sure, we yeah. We all both carnivores. I trying to catch up with you. I think you're still uh, ahead of me. <laughs> Good luck. You know, it, it's funny. It, it's hard to describe bison, and I hope more people take advantage of the bison that you're carrying not to sound like an infomercial or anything because i hate when people uh, apply the expression gamey to a uh, a game meat or something that's not traditionally uh kept in stock uh, meaning in stock pens something like bison or elk gamey is a stupid word it doesn't really say anything bison to me has a flavor that it's obviously richer more iron filled and um you know more more like the taste of pennies in the meat much more it, it's rich. a free grazing animal uh and uh we actually uh, this is coming next week but uh, in the meantime we're gonna let uh, the uh, our sponsors uh, talk about it and we'll come back uh, right after the break Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker, and this is Dr. Vin Prisbolinski. Saturday at 12.15, listen to Goose and Doc, the newest sports talk show. Goose and Doc serve you the perfect appetizer for your weekend sports feast. The Goose and Doc Show, Saturday at 12.15 on WTBQ and WGHT. Hi, this is Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. Join me and my guests every Monday on the Roundtable at 9 a.m. AM 1110 93.5 FM WTBQ. WTBQ weather. Today will likely be the better day of the weekend with a mix of clouds and sun for the afternoon 65 to 70. Tonight cloudy with areas of fog and drizzle, especially after midnight near 50. Sunday remaining overcast with showers or even a period of steady rain likely in the mid-60s and a few showers linger into Monday. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. 
And we're back with free speech. This is Jay Westerveld uh, bringing us back into Stephen Keeter's weekly show here. And you know, as often happens, we're, we're talking about meat and barbecue as we start getting into that time of the year here where we're all, man, especially trying to get past the uh, second half of the pandemic, I think I'd say, and try to get outside more and enjoy this warm weather and start uh, enjoying the daffodils and tulips that are peaking up and uh, start barbecuing some nice healthy meats, which by the way, if you're not a vegetarian, um, are very, very helpful in helping to build your immune system and replenishing things like iron and many uh, branch chain amino I, I, acids. I think you just actually uh, got into like, there's a thrust of information. There's numbers that absolutely will blow you away. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but if we are to continue on the same subject, I promise to bring them in, in the studio. And I know them because I had to to read them and yeah. they come across my table, across my eyes. It, it, it's amazing how um, being, you know, like you cannot exclude beef from your diet because if you in fact do, you have to compensate with uh, something else. You either do by supplements or pills or, or, or whatever, because what it gives you, what <clears throat> let's say four ounce of beef gives you, you have to, uh, I don't know, eat uh, seven pounds of salmon. Well, even if you do that, you're still not getting all of the same aminos and not the branched chain aminos. And then you're, they're also not going to isolate the way they do when you eat them from beef. You know, humans evolved on a diet of large hoofed animals. Uh, no matter, you know, that can be argued left and right, but anthropological evidence shows that. And when people, look, I support uh, vegetarianism, veganism. I'm not one, I'm glad they're doing that because there's more meat. No, we're me. not trying to convert anybody. I'm glad they do it because then there's more meat for me. So I really support <laughs> these people. So what it comes down to though is people will say, well, you know, with certain bean sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, almond butter, etc. I get all the same amino acids. Well, you might, but they're not in the same form. They're not they're not connected and disconnected where they should be. People don't understand. They, they get think absorbed, it's just a chemical. Absorbed differently, just Absolutely. different kind of calciums. Uh, they, they get different absorption rates. Uh, so there's more science to it. Uh, like something that, uh, like I said, if once uh, to have numbers, the you know it, it's actually very easy to operate with them uh, i just don't want to give anybody wrong, wrong information wrong yeah information. yeah, yeah we're, we're the other guys <laughs> you know and what like as far as iron unfortunately here in the states i'm pretty sure you, it's still illegal to sell a horse commercially for meat but i love horse meat uh, there's the certain things that uh, in fact uh, very very difficult to come by unless you just slaughter but being a commercial enterprise, being the supplier to restaurants and uh, smaller butcher shops and, uh, you know, anybody who uh, retails the meat, um, there's a couple of items that uh, we have a hard time finding. Uh, one of those being lungs, fresh lungs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, that makes sense, too. Yeah, and uh, horse yeah. meat, like you said. Well, that's illegal, a, I believe. There's still a market for it, you know. What about tripe? Because tripe is very healthy, and it's not a staple in the No, that, 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 that's a stock item. We have probably like three different varieties. That's great. You know, there's two different tribes, actually. There's a honey tribe and the one that's leaf yes. tribe, yes. Uh, the uh, bovine. Uh, yeah, like five stomachs. Steer, in fact, yeah, yeah, have a multi-chambered stomach. So they all come in a different varieties and different trim, green, white, and, and stuff right. like that. So, yeah, no, those are easy to come by. And those... Uh, in fact, are great. Uh, one of the best dishes I ever tried was in Romania. 
and oh. that was Chorba de Burte. Oh, I was actually was dreaming about that. Uh, you know, certain things just give you a particular cravings. Sure. You know, it's sort of like a pozole in Mexico, mm-hmm. which uh, one of the ingredients is a tripe. But I think uh, Romanians got it better. Uh, maybe it's just me, you know, but I preferred that version. And that is one just to die for. Yeah, organ meats in general, when I was a little boy, were really popular. And I think I told you uh, during the week, uh, I used to have to buy beef hearts to feed a lot of my hawks and owls that I had as pets. And I'd have to mix them with chopped up things. But... um. You know, that's a very good, healthy, rich food in, you know, overseas at my second home, as I say, I can go to any market and there's a, you know, like most apartments, there's always a butcher on the ground floor. I can walk in and buy a huge package of, let's say a half dozen sheep hearts Mm -hmm. for the equivalent of about 60 cents US. Those chopped up into a soup, Stephen, are just. I know. You, I know. you feel <laughs> like you can't catch a cold if you eat that. No, we we have we carry pretty much all the organ meats. Uh, we have spleens, really? we have livers, we have uh, kidneys, we have hearts. So all of that is a standard stock item. In, in fact, we have it. It's there for anybody just to walk in. Uh, Sam's is a last resort for everybody is looking for a very specific kind of thing. That's a stock item. You, it's still inexpensive here. There's not such big of a market. Right. It's not a, a mainstream dish. Um, you know, even though I think it's gaining in popularity, there's a movement. Um, I think it's called hoofs to tail or whatever else. Right. You know, right. where uh, everything is utilized uh, all the way down. Like I'll tell you, like. It, besides what you can see in, in a supermarket, besides or in any other butcher shop, everybody can resell you a boneless pork chop. But at Sam's, you can find snouts, ears, tails, bellies, skins. Um, Head, because, shoulders, knees, uh, and toes. Absolutely. <laughs> Tongues and, and, and everything else. And sure. livers, uh, pork liver. And uh, we uh, introduce a new cuts like copa is one of uh, our uh, latest additions. And... Uh, Copa steak, uh, also that cut from what they called money muscle. Okay. It's only four ninety nine a pound. Cool. You can't go wrong with that. And it's something that you're not going to be able to find any other place. We have belly tomahawks. That's another good thing. I I don't even, I can't even describe it for you on the air. You you have to actually stop by. Terrace major. <laughs> Terrace major. That stuff is real. It's you know poor that man's palais. That is it. wild. Uh, and in fact, because and one of the reasons people not familiar, uh, and I know a lot of people probably listening and uh, you know. Shrugging their shoulders and like, Terrace what? <laughs> Shrugging their shoulders. <laughs> I like it. You know, Terrace what? Terrace major. That is actually Latin for the muscle, that uh, rotation muscle that we have. Humans have it too. Uh, there's uh, one in each shoulder on a steer, on the animal, on, on, on the beef. Uh, there's one, maybe half a pound, three quarters of a pound in each shoulder. So pound and a half, that is all that can be harvested. Out sure. of three thousand pounds steer. That's amazing. That that is actually that's all. That's all. So and and it's difficult to find. So a lot of uh, so-called butchers or uh, I call them meat cutters because they all they can do just cut across. You know, they don't know how to find it. They don't know how to isolate it. They don't know even how to market it. Are is now at Sam's Meat Warehouse? Do they? Butcher it themselves? Do they find the terrace major? We then, actually do. Uh, wow. on, on a big commercial uh, scale, we have to uh, work it with the shoulders or mm-hmm. we uh, work with the guys who can produce and give us enough amount. But uh, if needed, like I said, there's only there's a very small yield. There's about a yeah. pound and a half out of 3,000 pound steer. And that contributes for this uh, muscle to be so sort of obscure. 
Yeah. And a lot of people don't know how to find it, isolate it, market it. But it is, in fact, the second most tender muscle in the body of the steer after filet mignon. It costs like any other uh, shoulder uh, cut uh, half the price. That's strange. But it is as good. You treat it like a filet mignon and oh, yeah. it will taste like one. Yeah, I, fa- I found that out sort of the hard way. In fact, unlike filet, if you overcook the terrace major, it doesn't just, well get overcooked you really don't want a brown filet it also toughens up so it's really important to treat it like tuna Absolutely. i say that about so many yep. good beef cuts treat it like tuna and you're fine. especially in particular just like an octopus you know you can either do it for four minutes or for four hours sure but nothing in between will give you acceptable palatable a, results never thought about that that's a good point so so uh, the same can be done with the sirloin i i've seen like especially franchises on a big scale where like uh, Everybody from TGI's Fridays uh, to Outbacks, they have uh, sirloin steak, and it's kind of decent. Yeah. You know, it's not the same. Uh, it's uh, pre-cooked, par- parboiled, or whatever else. So they figured out technique. But if you're doing it at home, sirloin is one of those cuts that rather be eaten raw than overcooked. It uh, sure. begins to tightening up the minute you take it past medium rare. So uh, if this is what you enjoy, if you enjoy your beef well done, um, you might want to opt for a cheaper uh, cut. You know, I have to ask you, Stephen, have you ever heard of or seen a place that features any sort of beef sashimi? I know it sounds a little silly, but... Well, actually, yes, I do. Uh, in fact, uh, I, uh, I this is the way I enjoy it. This is the way we, we market it. And the place is the very same place, Sam's Meat Warehouse, where the beef just get very thinly sliced. And then you can cook it... Uh, just like we discussed on that salt block, or not at all. Not or at all, right. Exactly. Like true tatar. Like. Yep. Because oh. certain certain cuts, uh, filet being one of them, are meant to be eaten raw. It's by design meant to be eaten like raw. Like carpaccio. This is it. Which is thinly my favorite pound, way to eat Thinly beef. pounded, that's your beef carpaccio. In fact, if you buy sliced uh, wagyu in mm-hmm. the strip or, or ribeye, that is probably by far the best carpaccio one can one can make or, or, or invent or, I'm or hope try for. it i'm oh, definitely going it, to try it, it i never thought of that it's sick how how good yeah, that is i i'm definitely going to try that and i you know now that i think of it a terrace major might be something else that's interesting to try as a carpaccio uh, uh, with the peppercorns and stuff very true but those because especially on a wagyu a terrace major um uh, you know you still there's a couple of uh, things that you, you look for in uh, carpaccio and especially steak tartare it's a flavor uh, it's got to be a lean uh, piece of meat yes and the melting point so wagyu is destined to become one of those to be eaten raw because the melting point is 73 74 degrees fahrenheit when Amazing. our bodies are 98.6 yeah. so that will melt in your mouth or from the heat of your body sure and thus giving you much better texture than conventional beef conventional beef Fat could be grainy, especially in the raw form. Yeah. And they're sticking to your uh, upper, you know. <laughs> you know. So uh, how do you call the part of the palate? Palate. Up, yeah, up, yeah. Upper palate. Hard palate. Uh, right. So uh, so that totally eliminated with Wagyu beef. Interesting. Uh, it's non-existent. That problem is actually that everything is just going to melt away. So in my opinion, the best steak tartare, the best beef carpaccio, the best sashimi, the way to enjoy raw beef which can be absolutely safely enjoyed, and especially if you know, uh, you know the custody chain, if you know where the animal grew That's up. That's the bottom how line, it yeah. Made it. So people, especially during hunting seasons, we got a lot of requests, and uh, we used to do it pre, 
COVID and pre even uh, hoof and mouth disease and mad cow and everything else. Sure. Uh, but uh, then with the stricter guidelines, we had to turn everybody away in terms of uh, breaking down. Unless I know the farm or the producer the, that we bring in the animal in and we know how it was raised by home, how it made it in the house, we're not taking anything. Yeah, smart. That's a, so, always a good idea. Um, no, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely going to try that carpaccio with the... Uh, 100%. I think we can compare some notes. We can discuss it on the air. Uh, I uh, certainly advise people to do it, try something new. We have customers who come in that I uh, see the coming every weekend. So it's for them. It's sort of like almost like a new adventure, things to come up, try new things. Because like I said, at Sam's, you can, you can find anything and everything from pigtails to oxtails and uh, to bullfries for Rocky Mountain oysters. So, <laughs> yeah, Rocky Mountain oysters, uh, popular in so many cultures. I have to ask you, and I know that typically sauces and spices and things aren't going to be popular. You and I both, I think, with a really good cut of meat, we prefer nothing, maybe salt in some cases. Do you have a favorite, like I have a favorite um, barbecue sauce, steak sauce. Do you? Steak sauce, I have to go with uh, Peter Luger. Really? Yes. Yeah, not surprising. Really. Uh, which is sort of, uh, it, it's uncomplicated. I can probably reproduce it. It looks sort of like <sighs> a cross between, you can certainly taste cocktail sauce in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. sort of like a cross between cocktail sauce. But it's, I find it, it's gr certain things. Uh, like when it comes to, uh, carrying, cutting, merchandising, uh, best quality beef, I think we are the champions. Now, when it comes to certain things that somebody nailed it and can do much better, and I have no problem admitting that and giving uh, people credit, like things that we carry from our partners, from uh, Peter Luga, uh, is uh, Peter Luga sauce, and uh, Peter Luga creamed spinach. We also stay away from making hot dogs. This uh, people who done it for generations, Nathan's right. and uh, subreds, perfected it, and absolutely, there's, <coughs> there's no need to reinvent the bike. We're trying to fill in the niche, the vacuum. Your favorite American hot dog, <laughs> which is it? Uh, <coughs> you know, it, it never became big with me. I uh, I like subred. Okay, uh, there you go. Yep, natural casing gives you that. <coughs> Pop, you know that everybody's looking for that i would say uh, <laughs> if i'm pop. i don't get cravings for hot dogs but if i no, do i probably would reach out to subred i'm not a big hot dog guy either but i love them at the game you know certainly we but. carry uh, an amazing line from neiman ranch mm -hmm. uh, and those actually uncured hot dogs uh, it's all natural now those are made from different kind of animal those are made from uh, uh all the farm-raised uh, pigs, and that what makes the difference. Yeah, not so much the so. seasoning, not so much the recipes, but uh, mainly the flavor of the animal itself. Cool. Well, I think after a quick word from Sam's and some other sponsors, we'll talk more. Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT 
or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Rocket Richie, the play-by-play guy. And this is Ryan Gosker, color commentator, reminding you the only place you can listen live to Warwick Wildcats football is right here on WTBQ. Brought to you by The Breezy and by St. Anthony Community Hospital. Hi, this is John Tesh. Tune in for great music and intelligence for your life on weekdays at 1 p.m. as we assemble the tips, the facts, and the news you need to be happier, healthier, more lovable, and more fun to be around. Radio worth listening to. We put the intelligence out there. You decide what to do with it. WGHT Pompton Lakes. Your community radio station since 1969. And we are back with Free Speech Show here with Studio With Me. I'm Stephen Kira. Uh, Jay Westerwald was here with me and we're talking uh, beautiful spring uh, that you know we're enjoying right now and the way to enjoy it even more uh, through grilling barbecuing and enjoying the meats now we started uh, saying about the favorite uh, sauce do you have one of yours yeah you know i mean as far as stuff that you just get in the grocery store i you know i don't i don't mean to sound trashy i love casey masterpiece i really do as far as the best i've ever had honestly secret formula uh hell's angels daily city clubhouse they have a special formula that they put together from some asian sauces from uh chinatown in san francisco uh-huh and uh, some other steak sauce. I won't say the name. And uh, they have bar- the best barbecues I've is ever had. Is that available? Is that do they bottle up? Do no, they-, they should. You know, they're the they're the largest for the Stanford Blood Center, the uh, Daily City Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club, largest group donor of blood. They have what they call the blood run, and everybody comes in and gives blood. You can pay for this enormous barbecue, or you can just give a pint of blood. Hmm. And uh, so most people line up for the wagons. There's two buses where they draw blood, and then you have free barbecue. You know, I I don't see it back east, and I wish I did. Uh, you know, all different organizations. I wish they do that. Have a free barbecue. Maybe some things uh, Sam's can help. We can. Uh, we. we uh, I, I like the idea. Uh, I, you know, if somebody um, certainly certain organizational wrinkles needs to be worked out. Of but course. we would love to join and uh, maybe uh, sponsor something like that. Yeah. That would be cool. They get such great numbers for that blood run. And it's usually, actually, it's usually later this month. Uh, you know, you can mm-hmm. uh, Google it. But uh, their barbecue is unlike any I've ever had. And I always think of, uh, you know, whenever I go to Sam's, I think of that. Um, Ours is actually getting very, very popular. We used to do it uh, every other day before COVID actually uh, kicked in. Now we're trying to gain and come back to the very same pace. So uh, Sam's is actually barbecuing today. And I think uh, unless you called in advance and unless you placed an order, uh, we've been selling out uh, barbecues usually done by, let's say, by 1 p.m., it never survives till five to the closing uh, bell. Sure. It's usually, and I think the fastest we ever sold out was like 20 minutes. And we have a huge, big commercial smoker. Uh, 20 minutes? Yeah, like toe behind that you can put in layers. I think uh, you can put like 800 pounds of meat at a time. Sure. That is fast. That's yeah. really fast. That would be nice if Sam's were somehow involved in a blood run. You know, come in, donate blood, and then free barbecue. We would love to. Wow, that's it. I'd like to see that. So what, right now, people can still go do the Wagyu with the... Uh, Absolutely. So, yep, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Wagyu items uh, more than ever. I can proudly say that we, not only in uh, Orange County, I'm thinking maybe unless we, no, probably, I, you know, like I, I 
uh, you know, not going to be shy. I'm going to make that claim. Uh, we probably nationwide uh, are boasting, if not the biggest selection of Wagyu, one of the. I think most. so. As uh, you know, as far as uh, outside of the actual distributor of it, you know, yep. you guys definitely have. To and be even that. distributor, uh, the uh, we, uh, distributor normally would give you primals, shoulders, and sides of beef. But to further merchandise, ah. to make and know how to find those terrace mages or copa or money muscle in that particular primal cut, and turn them into variety of cuts, that's what true butchery is all about. Anybody can resell. Anybody can buy. A Peter Logan sauce for a dollar and sell for dollar fifty. You know, it, it's, there's no brain to it. There's no sure. pride or sport either. Uh, you know, no honor in my opinion. There's a lot of people actually do just that. What we do, we take the whole carcasses of animal, we we work with it, we break it down. So every butcher essentially uh, is a doctor too, do you, a surgeon almost like. But you don't do that with wagyu, do you? Yes, we do. I, wait, I had no idea. Yes, so we you do. guys actually butcher the wagyu beef there at Sam's we, to some degree. Uh, yes, we, we take it uh, take it apart. We right. don't. Uh, uh, we're not a slaughterhouse. Uh, I know that. that. That you have to be federally approved. There's certain procedures to it and stuff like that. So uh, we're not a slaughterhouse, but we can take side of beef, uh, wagyu beef including, and we can take it apart like shoulders and whatever else. And like this is what allows us to merchandise. Once I get a wagyu shoulder, right? Uh, that's for. for you know, front quarter of of a steer. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, items that comes out of it. Out of that, we get uh, Delmonicos. Out of that, we get Denver country style ribs. We got uh, the trim will go into 100% uh, Wagyu burgers. So there's a lot of ways to to make a variety out of it. And the all different uh, muscles that have to be first isolated, properly cut, found, you know. So there's sort of technique and science to it. You cannot come off the street and learn it in in a year or two. It's sure. uh, certainly uh, the trade and uh, that get, get honed and uh, perfected by uh, years and years, you know. So, uh, yeah, that that's, that's very interesting. And this is what allows us to do it. The same thing with bison. This is why... The big supermarkets like ShopRites and Price Choppers, everything comes prepackaged. Everything comes from a big hub, uh, from yeah. a different state sometimes, you know. Usually so all, with ShopRite, right? yeah. Yeah, it's already in trace. Uh. All they have to do is just smack their label on it and it's ready to go. So when we like, uh, for example, uh, even this morning we were working like we get the farm whole hog. Mm -hmm. You know, so we break it down. You slice it in half. You break it down in the front into, the, sure. into hams. And you, that allows you for, for a variety, for the utmost fresh animal. And yeah. it also, like I said, we do it with pride because that takes skills. And that's what it's all about. Excellent. Is it ever possible, now I've seen it in game meat restaurants, and certainly I've hunted boar a lot uh, internationally, mo mostly in California, though, uh, as a teenager. Is it possible to get wild boar ever in the States? Absolutely, and it's not that difficult. Wow. In fact, this, there are certain uh, game meats that are easier to come by than the others. Boar is not difficult to find. There's a reserves that raise them. There's almost like farm-like environment. Right in Pennsylvania, I know they have it. For like they, they have a lot of in, in Texas. Uh, oh, yeah. They have a lot of uh, kudu, like uh, African antelope, yeah. uh, even raised in Texas. They have humongous, uh, you know, land plots that, right. that you don't even uh, sometimes see it's thousands and thousands of acres where they allocated to just like sort of like a game preserve or reserve and antelope you know that's something else it's a, a little underrated and not to not to bring it back to this again but driving across country i butchered out a a, a few pronghorn 
you know, again, just backstraps mm-hmm. and hams, and that's great meat. That's Absolutely. really good meats. No, there, there is, I'll be the first one to say there is not a, a bad muscle or cut of meat on any, any animal. Yet, the, we do differentiate between good meats and bad meats, bad ones, because sure. uh, in fact, the raw, uh, and I like to say that not all the meats are created equal. Right. And the difference is in grade, how the animal was raised, in, very often in genetics, and very often in uh, the methods uh, that used in uh, you know, raising the animal. And like I said, uh, the absence of antibiotics, which right now is mandatory uh, for poultry. Uh, this is a federal yeah. law. You cannot, if somebody says, well, we don't use, it's antibiotic I free. love that. Uh, That's uh, true uh, greenwashing. When you say, oh, well, hey, we don't have antibiotics. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not allowed to. You cannot. You're mandated you by law it. cannot, right. 100%. So uh, anybody, uh, sometimes you, you see certain things, like you, you would say, you see an apple and it says gluten-free yeah okay you yeah, know. Well, <laughs> oh you see that a lot yeah, with like gluten-free gluten, gluten-free water okay all right so <laughs> gee the, sign the, me up gluten-free ha- meat yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's a little bit more expensive okay doesn't have a speck of uh, grain in it so of course it's gluten-free sure you know? so sure. so a lot of people make that claim uh, without realizing how kind of ridiculous that is yeah so i want to say but there are bad compounds and if you would like to uh, know more about it uh please call in uh write us uh, right here wtbq or shoot us a, a message on uh, sam's meat warehouse at facebook uh, we are uh, actually prepping and almost ready with our e-commerce uh, website that's going to be able to for shipment nice. we're getting a lot of requests for for shipping you know so that is almost uh, there and we will gain the total new um, you know uh, segment oh of the customers uh, that yeah. uh, right now calling us and says we have people coming from Poughkeepsie, we have people come from Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised. So uh, everybody's, you, do, do you deliver? Do you ship? It shortly will be. Oh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to really change yeah. the metric over there too, uh, for sure. I, you know, as far as those people, they're on their own. I'm just glad that I can go over <laughs> there. I can get something savory to uh, cook up, and uh, you know, I, I also like to see the glow in my child's face from eating that stuff uh, and you do see it. And that's, you know, that's a big denominator. Parents out there, especially now while we're worried about other pathogens in the air or on surfaces or what have you, it's kind of nice to know that your child is getting uh, something much healthier like that or, you know, really good uh, USDA prime muscle meat into their system. It might cost a tad uh, more, but uh, like I said, we're trying to curb the prices and keep them from rising, even uh, you know when uh, they're going across the board uh, right now. So we, it, it takes a little creative approach. Uh, we supply restaurants whose bread and butter, let's say, skirt steaks, and I had to deal with it last week when a particular franchise, even you know, they all they do, all their menu is built around skirt, arancheras, and stuff like that. Interesting. Uh, now that leads me to another thought and that is that because you know sam's deals with these people you deal with mm-hmm. these restaurants you know which ones are doing it right which ones are turning uh inventory over more mm-hmm. um you probably have a, a nice finger on the pulse of which restaurants are good to go to and which ones maybe folks should avoid not to bring those names up on the show but i, I don't like to uh, sort of like uh, to, to to pass on ratings uh, or right. judgments uh, i can only tell that what uh, my choice uh, like uh, we went uh, out last night we went to pharmacy i once again not was only i pleasantly surprised i was blown away by quality by atmosphere 
like if the previous time we we stayed in on the main uh, uh, level uh, this time we had a dinner upstairs cool. and you would never know in a million years if you uh, you're surrounded by old building the building that date back to the integration of uh, Lincoln right you know and, and the stories uh, you, you're gonna see at a old dumb waiter that has been there forever and ever and ever you it know sounds so like the, a speakeasy up there it is it's you know like sometimes old buildings they, they, they smell moldy and whatnot this smells dry and perfect nice. the atmosphere that would create it but the food is this is what we go there for you know like the food is, is amazing and I know that the owner uh, comes up and a very good customer at Sam's and uh, given a choice they would never settle for anything but the best well you know he's he, he was a guest here on the show uh, two or three weeks ago I think two weeks ago and uh, what an unpretentious straightforward good guy you know wasn't what I expected usually I think of a you know uh, maybe a restaurateur might be somebody who because of their clientele and all it rubs off and maybe they become you know maybe just a, a little pretentious or maybe just a little difficult uh, to have a normal conversation with Franz is a dude, you know, Absolutely. great no, guy. Everybody, and, and like I said, we had people last night at dinner that uh, remember Nina's, and Franz was moving force behind Nina's, sure. uh, Bull Room, Craft 47, and now uh, Pharmacy, I was sort of like a flagship uh, restaurant. I have to tell you, the steak that I had last night, there's no other steak than anywhere close by. It travels with the best porterhouses and the best uh, steak uh, in New York City. Absolutely cool. the best. Very affordable, so I highly recommend. And we can continue the review and uh, talk more about food on our next show, Free Speech, I, next Saturday. I look forward to it, Stephen. Jay, thank you very much. Thank you.